Coast bands are hip. I really dig those styles they wear. And the Beach Boys, with the way they sing, they knock me out when I'm listening. The first three albums sucked from guys who'd never surfed in their lives. And the next two covered cars stop pigeonholing them. They sing about other things. <laughs> I wish they all could be as good as. I wish they all could be as good as. I wish they all could be as good as pet sounds. All right. The Christmas oh. album had some hits, but oh, got bogged down by too many ballads. I dug today and party and really thought that it was all due to Al. <laughs> but then came 1967 and the album Smiley Smile. Yeah, I couldn't wait to get back to the state of the Beach Boys as a good band. I wish they all could be as good as. I wish they all could be as good as. I wish they all could be as good as Pet Sounds. Welcome to the Beach Boys, boys. Wow, Peter. That's uh, a little a little tune about our show. And what prompted that? What prompted it? Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes you, you just run. I just, I'm gonna part the kimono here a little bit. Oh no! Don't. Um, Peter just Not said so fast. We have a new opening. Yeah. And I was right. like, oh. And he was just like, just a one-time thing. And then he just busted that out. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to know what what prompted that. What made you want to write a little song well, about our show? <laughs> PJ, what is a podcast without parody songs? That's fair. Have you been listening to a lot of Punch Up the Jam? Yeah, right. It was all that... um, Bleep that out, please. Every podcast is our rival podcast. Yeah, that's fair. It was more due to the fact that after last week's episode, we, or I at least, started looking up karaoke tracks (laughs) because I thought it would be fun for us to sing karaoke. Yeah. And then I was thinking it would actually be really boring to listen to two guys just sing karaoke. (laughs) So I better at least write like some funky lyrics or something. So I decided to write... A song about uh, our show. It was good. Well, thank you. I enjoyed PJ. it. Yeah, that's right. I uh, don't even. I feel like I was going to point out some of the lyrics being good, but they weren't. <laughs> no, I think <laughs> I kind of fucked I up. I thought they were good because of Al. I liked that one. It was basically, yeah, it was basically first pass. Yeah, <laughs> on those lyrics. it was good. Yeah, I, I, they don't have a third verse in California Girls, so we couldn't really get too much later into the late 60s yeah that's you know, fair which is well and we're we're about at that time so i think that's yeah you know true that's true i'll just drop this episode in between yeah <laughs> the okay. ones where you ended that's nice yeah 
So today, we have a lot of business to take care of, actually. Do today. we? We do. One second. But PJ has something to take care of as well. I just have to turn the lights on. Oh, you can't um, can't see me. <laughs> We're both sitting in a completely dark room. The candle that was lighting uh, the studio burned down to nothing. Yeah. And it just flickered out, and PJ couldn't handle not being able to see me. Yeah, so. we're having one of those famous Anaheim power outages. Mm-hmm. But now due to the blizzard. Yeah, now they work though, so I don't know. Yeah, it looks like the blizzards stopped. Oh, the sun <laughs> came out. Man. Yeah, it's gorgeous outside right now. Well, so the first order of business is yeah. um, bidness is our uh, tribute to. Uh, our beautiful boy uh, Hal Blaine. Oh, this was I was going to bring this up in Beach Boys news. Oh, okay. Hal do we Blaine. have Beach Boys news? Yeah, remember? I don't think we have a song for that. We do. What is it? Uh, one of the surf ones that sounds like a DJ talking over it. Oh yeah. Yeah. This was a new feature as of last week. Also, this will I already forgot it. Date the podcast. Yeah, this one. What do you mean? They're always dated. Uh, oh, that's fine. People yeah. know we record these way in advance. Yeah. So take it away, PJ, with Beach Boys News. Well, Beach in Beach Boys News today, drummer for the Wrecking Crew, Hal Blaine dies. That's it. That's all I have. I did not see nearly enough mentions of the Beach Boys and all the little obits and stories I read about yeah. him. Well, it I mean, was honestly really he did disconcerting. so much stuff. No, though. like I know that he worked a lot with. Uh, Sorry, not no to you, no to the cap. Yeah, for the well, listener. <laughs> with uh he worked a lot with other people too though but like well yeah. i mean he's mentioned on barbara and hal and his famous ass yeah trays. he was like i mean i think he was friends with a lot of yeah musicians of the time but he was like actually very good friends with brian and carl and yeah. would just hang out with them it seemed like a lot that is so. that is weird that he that the beach was were mentioned enough but um mm-hmm. yeah hal blaine passed away which is a, he's a great drummer uh did all of the good drumming for the beach boys I kind of prefer Denny's style. Yeah. That's always been a point of contention. Just on this one show. drum at a time. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so now um, it, it seems as though he has become the ashes in his famous ashtray. Dude, come up with that one ahead of time? Or? Hmm? No. Okay. I accidentally said ashtray earlier. Off the top of my head. Off the dome, is the That's color. what they would call him. Yeah. Just to make fun of him. That makes sense. Um. Yeah, we could go through more Hal Blaine stuff. And he is important, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. I I did find an interesting article that talked about, um, like, that just kind of, you know, summed up a lot of stuff from his life. And they mentioned how he was a drummer for the Wrecking Crew. Yep. And the author goes something along the lines of, you know, the Wrecking Crew comprised of dozens of musicians. Yeah. But according to Blaine, the, like, the real, quote unquote, lineup included and went on to list a bunch of people. Not Carol Kay. That is horseshit. Which was wild. Yeah, he only yeah. listed one bass player whose name I'm forgetting off the top of my head. I'm sure it's Carol Kay very might be famous, the most but famous bassist it, from the Wrecking Crew. She might be the most famous member of the Wrecking Crew yeah. aside from Hal Blaine and Glenn Campbell, right? Yeah, and Leon Hal, Russell? Those, like, those are the four three people probably, know, or four people know, yeah. Yeah, those are probably like the four most recognizable names from that. I I probably group. don't think I I don't think I could name another person. I don't know. So Those maybe technically she just played less, but it was a little disappointing. But she has m- some Carol. of the most famous bass lines. That's true. Yeah, yeah that's true. Um, strange, strange. Yeah. So wait, the, the sorry, sorry, Hal. Hal Blaine said yes. Okay, said, I I was confused yeah. as to whether or not it was Hal Blaine who said that or the 
person who wrote the article. Well, they attribute it to Hal and like linked to some old interview he did, but hmm. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe yeah. he just didn't like women. You know, I unf- I thought about that. Yeah. <laughs> it was it's probably not too far. We've talked about that Wrecking yeah. Crew documentary before, and oh, it's not yeah. super kind to women. Yeah. Where Carol Kay just shrugs it off and goes like, guys, we're guys. They would tease you about your boobs all day. <laughs> and just like... Look move, at those and, floppy things moving and around. And moves on with the documentary, yeah. and you're like, okay, that's hiding a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you're just either not willing to talk about or don't want to, uh, which is okay, but there's just no way it wasn't the fucking worst. <laughs> You know, that does bring out a great question. Sure. How do women play the bass if their boobs are... With their big old boobs? Yeah. yeah. Don't they just flop over the bass and well, that's why, mute the strings? That's why women can only play the upright bass because the... That makes sense. ...sticks yeah. in between. Yeah. And that's why men can't play their bass low down. Right. Because their dick would flop over it, of yeah, course. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And then that gets in the way. Yeah. So. A lot of physical limitations that limit both men and women from doing the things that they want to do. You know, here on the Beach Boys, we can boys, agree on. We're all about equality. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, oh well, yes. Okay, I shouldn't have laughed at that part. <laughs> I was laughing at the previous part. <laughs> sure. I'm yeah. not mocking the idea. No, no. We know where. Okay. You, we know where you stand. We are doing a podcast all about five to men. eight white dudes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the most amount of people we've had on this podcast is three white dudes. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, we got to get a lady on here. Too many white dudes. Yeah. Yeah, a lady. I mean, Big um, Boy is here, but he just sits there and doesn't talk. If if people, if not white people listen to the Beach Boys, we could have yeah. someone on the podcast. But yeah. uh, my uh, roommate, who is an African-American gentleman, uh, constantly asks, I, I mention recording, and he goes, recording what? And I yeah. go, a podcast. And he goes, you do a podcast about what? And I say, the Beach Boys. And he goes, who? So... <laughs> I'm Can not we, saying he represents everybody, but... <laughs> we need to have him on. He definitely doesn't I mean, give a fuck. I mean that. Why? Because it'd be hilarious to have him listen to an We don't album. need two of you on here, BJ. No, 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 no. just no, no, shitting no. all over the band. I think we do. <laughs> we need to get him on. I think we need two on. of me who actually like the Beach Boys. We had that once. with Jake. Eh. We, it was Pet Sounds. Everyone will defend okay, Pet Okay, but sounds. here's the thing. Paul was very in between. Mm. Paul does not like the Beach Boys. His favorite track was a cover from Party. But then his second favorite track was Vegetables. <laughs> well, which true. is a great song. And to be granted, or to be fair, I think it was maybe the only original Here's Beach Boys thing. song he knew. <laughs> I've been warming up to the Beach Boys. I think you know sure. that. Um, more yeah. so than I... Over I, 20 albums, you're finally Yeah, I've, I've been much kinder to them. Uh, true. More recently. And I have some data on that. Is this time, is it data time? It's not data time. Okay. I'm still talking about this thing. Good, because I can We find need some time. fresh fucking ears to listen to the next Beach Boys one. We need him on I the podcast. I don't think we do, because I don't think... What is your roommate's name? <laughs> da- Dawit. He should come on the His podcast. Na- yeah, okay. I'm... I'm Next yeah, week I know we're going to have Dawit on being, the podcast. I know you're being genuine. I, I don't think he'll agree to do it. I think he just cares so little. Honestly. <laughs> anyway, data time. So I crunched some numbers the other day. Yeah, you numbed some crunches. Well, because I was just, you know, bored at work. Uh, <laughs> don't tell my boss. Yeah. And decided well, to boss, pull out the little mm, uh, calculator, please. Yeah. Uh, I pushed glasses up he on did, my nose, yeah. but you can't see from home. And uh, wanted to see whether between pre-pet sounds and post-pet sounds era how we fared in terms of rating the beach boys albums on average 
Uh, the average went up for sure. Oh yes, it does but by I just, double. But I find that very interesting. It does almost double. Well, so here my thing is because I think with pet sounds they learned how to use harmonies well. Before that, I hate all the harmonies they do. <laughs> That's an odd take. And I hate that. Well, and before that, they were only it's fucking doing surf take. music. And yeah. I fucking hate that shit. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's fair. Was that a comma? They were only fucking doing surf music and other things. Yeah, I forgot to end other things. Oh, I had okay. to take a sip of my That's beer. what I thought. Um, Yeah, so pre-Pet Sounds, um, you gave their albums an average rating of 3.6, <laughs> which I would round up to 4. Mm, let's Well, because we're doing three. whole numbers. Yeah. That's and fair. I gave it an average of 4.3, which would round down to 4. Yeah. Uh. And then post pet sounds, you averaged six point six. Yeah, we'll see if today skews that up. We can see by the end, but yeah, um, six point six. Uh, and then I like an I averaged a round eight. Yeah. yeah, um, but still, like obviously, well, I doubled and you nearly doubled. I think a lot of bands, which makes sense though. I, I mean, I think there's get there's a lot of reasons for it. Yeah, I think a lot of bands do musically get better, obviously. but they get they have a worse reputation at some point. And like yeah. since we're listening album through album, and I know nothing of them, obviously their music is getting better. And you know it may not have been appreciated at the time, but I think I appreciate it much more. Than yeah, it would have been. Well, there's a couple things. First of all, they had I think ten albums pre Pet Sounds, and only like six, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, after. So or, or five, and so that kind of goes into it. It's just there were more albums, and as we've talked about, there was a lot more just filler stuff that wasn't yeah. that great. But also, I think a lot of it just goes to how a lot of their filler tracks were surf and car songs. Yeah. Or just kind of throwaway beachy tunes. And you and I both agree we would much rather listen to a crappy tune that's about, like, wind chimes or the bird on the windowsill yeah, than a crappy tune that's just about your car in a race yeah. or whatever. And so I think yeah, that goes a long that's way. That's absolutely fair. We're like, even if we don't like half the album, we're much kinder to later stuff just because it's not the lyrical content even if it's still thin is just more interesting yeah we started the beach boys talk early on this podcast uh would you play the chug lug song please pj it's all beach boys talk on this podcast. i know you're right and <laughs> this is our chug lug beach boy section yes it is Scoot. <laughs> you motherfucker wow my uh laptop is sensitive today all right peter not only is this a chug lug section, this is also mm-hmm. I'm beefing with you section, you motherfucker. Uh-oh. With me? Yes. Is there enough room for beef that I can take a bite of my sandwich? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> okay, groovy. So last week, um, well, first off, let's go with what we're chugging. Uh, we're both chugging yes, New Belgium, Belgian Reserve, Honey Orange Triple, Belgian style ale brewed with, what is this, the whining podcast? Belgian style mm-hmm. ale brewed with wild African honey and fresh ground Seville orange peel. It's honestly really, really good. It's pretty good for being a New Belgium beer. I, you know, I like New Belgium fine, but they're not—they're nothing special. Mm -hmm. But this is like legitimately a a pretty great beer. Okay, and here's where the fucking beef comes in, you motherfucker. What did you tell me after the podcast last week? (laughs) No, during the podcast, in the middle of the podcast, it was not on record. I do not think that I actually remember that. Oh, 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 two weeks ago or like three weeks ago. It was. I'm not drinking beer anymore. Yeah. And go on about that. Why? That was kind of a temporary thing, though. You weren't drinking beer because... Or I'm just trying to drink beer less. Because beer is, like, very... Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they say, PJ, it's just like eating bread. Yeah. Yeah. Not for any alcohol. Re- so, 
Let no, me... not because I'm like concerned I'm a drunk. Right. Just because like four beers a night probably isn't healthy, even if I can wake up okay. Peter told me part <laughs> of it was you were like, I don't know, I was drinking like four beers a night and I wanted to cut back. And then he, I thought jokingly was like, now just take like, you know, three or four shots a night. I did not say that. You said that. I didn't. You I s- didn't. You did. Because at the most, it. <laughs> you may have said two shots. My dumb logic, yeah. My dumb logic was two shots of liquor at like six and nine is better than liquor like three beers over six all night. And nine? It might be. I mean, it is calorie wise at least, but I'm not exactly trying to watch my weight or anything. Liquor. Six and nine. Okay. What are you trying to... Oh, okay. I get it. Jimi Hendrix. I get it. Um, okay. And then you come with this beer, yeah. which is probably pretty fattening. It's 10%. Yeah, but when, then I'm only going to drink like one of them. When I bought you special beer. <laughs> what did I buy you, Peter? PJ, that's so... You actually got... That's so thoughtful. Peter, what did I get PJ you? PJ got Miller Lite... <laughs> six I got him light beer. Of Miller Lite tall boys. Because he's concerned about his figure. I know. And that's so sweet of you. I had no idea that you were... You were that thoughtful. And that's I mean, to, uh, you do drink Miller Lite kind of on the regs, right? No? no I've oh, never okay. drank Miller Lite. For some reason, life. I definitely thought you had drunk. Paul really likes Miller High Life. That's Me too. That might and be and is that thinking. what I'm thinking of? That's, I think you're <laughs> that thinking That I brought Miller High Miller Life High over, Life, yeah. left it at your house, yeah. and then, yeah. That okay. is what you're thinking. Because, okay, well, PJ, that's so nice. I would have. Yeah. I will definitely have one of those once I'm finished with my high-calorie beer. You best. Yes, I best. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great. All right. And the that beef has is been, over. What are you chugging? Chug a bug. All right. On to the next segment. Okay. What's the next segment? Uh, will you play Spirit of America? Oh yeah. Ooh, we do. Wow. Really? We have some mail, and actually, this could go with the data part as well. I forgot, by the way, just as a real quick aside, because I'm pulling yeah. up the album Little Deuce Coop. How bad of an album? Um, yeah, we both gave it a one, and I, I did a kind of double take when I was scrolling back through our notes, but that's definitely right. Yeah, that's 100% <laughs> right. Okay, so last week, so last week I put up a poll on the Beach Boys Boys official Twitter, at Beach Boys Boys on Twitter, and I said, are you more of a freezing fanatic or a will it warrior? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so this could go in the data section as well. 100% said that they were oh, Will man. It Warriors, Out baby. total how many votes? Two votes. <laughs> and which accounts were those that voted? I honestly don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you I just want to say. Man. That's good. That just proves that I fund the funny. Mm-hmm. And I am the 1A host. The 1A host to my being the number one host. With no letters, yeah. I, no, I think I'm the one A host, yeah, and that's you how that, yeah. no, that's show how up that sometimes. I, I show up every week. You've never had to do the podcast alone, have you? Have you? Have I've you been never? doing a lot of them alone. Peter. <laughs> is there is there a separate Beach Boys Boys feed that's just the Beach yeah. Boy Boy, yeah. and it's you <laughs> recording exactly. without me it's and a, just talking shit about a, me the whole time? That's exactly what it is. Wow. Yeah, I get drunk wild. and I cry a lot on it. Uh, I love that. And mostly it's just me talking about how much I miss you and how I wish uh, it was Aww. an episode of the Beach Boys Boys. <laughs> I record it immediately before we record really our long? podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're about three hours. Oh man. Yeah, and then so it, about twice as long as the show. Exactly, and so then uh, the end of them is always uh, you hear a knock at the door and then you saying, oh. "Hey PJ, are oh, you leaving yeah. that ambient noise?" Yeah. Okay, that's nice. Yeah, very cool. 
until the end. Very groovy. That's why I'm always wiping tears from my face when you walk in, Peter. Yeah, tears from your pillow. Nope, tears from on my, my guitar. Nope, um, tears um, in heaven. Sunflower. It's tears in the morning. <laughs> yeah. All right. Which was stuck in my head for a solid week, maybe after last week's episode. Tears in the morning. No. Tears in the evening. <laughs> yeah, okay. Tears at the break of day. Which, for our weekly talking about the album we talked about last week uh, section also. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's get a little musical drop there. Yeah, let's get a drop in there. Oop. I would try. I would want to, except I just clicked on Oh, Peter dropped the drop. Lots of people with no place to go. Okay. What do you got to say? Um... I re-listened to Sunflower a few times because I listened to Surf's Up a lot, like enough that I was... You needed to drown it out with something else. Yeah, well, I just, I wanted more Beach Boys, and so I went back to Sunflower because I didn't listen to Sunflower as much as I kind of wanted to before the last episode. Right. And while I skipped at least like six songs on that Mm -hmm. record, the ones that I didn't skip are still like really 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 great in I a think, weird way i think that's what we agreed like slip on, on through yeah. is definitely one of my very favorite beach boys songs at this point yeah. i think because how, how many songs are on that album 12 yeah yeah i think there was like yeah slip on through and all i want to do are both very the up first on two it, are really good are those the first yeah two? no this whole world is the second one that one's also great that one's also great with They're, the with yeah. the greatest vocals they've done aside from that god only knows yeah ending i think i would say i think all I of am, god I only am knows o. might be their best vocal take yeah because because it it is that mix of their rough vocals that came in a lot Mm -hmm. later and that perfection vocals and the fact that he let carl do it is amazing it's pretty great do you think it was like that coke commercial with mean joe green where uh where he hands him his jersey where he throws him the he's like hey kid and he throws him do you think that was i forgot that that was for coke yeah um wait because the coca-cola no 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 oh what are you talking about? Cocaine. It's the commercial. It's the cocaine commercial for Mean Joe Green. What do you think this is? The Eric Clapton podcast? Get your mind he out of there. He throws the jersey at the kid, and the kid picks it up, and there's a bunch of white powder on it, yeah. and Joe just says, snort that. Yeah. And he does, and then cocaine. It's like the pistachios commercials where you're like, is this a is this a company yeah. or just a general thing? You that know, they're... that kid grew up to be um, Anthony Kiedis. Really? Wow. Yeah. Uh, but it was, I, I imagine it was like that situation where, uh, Carl gave him a Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. Uh, rather, Carl gave him a joint. And then mm. he was like, thanks, kid. And a then reefer? he smoked it all in one puff. Of devil's grass. Walked away. And then he said, hey, kid, take this. And then he threw him the lyrics of God Only Knows. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> it has to be how it happened. Oh, definitely, PJ. Yeah. So... Uh, let's get a little bit. So it is now 1971. We have mo- We're in a new decade officially. Yeah, that's crazy. Because mm-hmm. the last album came out in '62. Ni- so this is the second 62? decade of the Beach Boys. Yeah. 1962 was their first record. No, yes. no, no, their last album. Oh, 1970. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking? About? <laughs> Did I just assume I thought I knew what you were going to say and yes. answered without waiting for your actual question? Exactly. 100% I did. You know what? I finished my question even, and then you just answered <laughs> in such a bizarre manner. Yeah, well, you know. That's, that's how fine. conversations work. You just wait to talk. So a little bit of a life update. So on last episode, mm-hmm. we reminded that they were all, well, as of Friends in 68, they were all married. As of yeah. last episodes, there's a lot of kids hanging around. Yeah. Hanging around. And uh, let's get an age update. 
okay. now that we're here. Ooh, that's a good call. And um, yeah, so it's still nine our years older. It's still our core five because Bruce um is on his way out. Is he? This is his last um. This is his last record with the group for a while. I believe he comes back in their 80s comeback, um, if I remember correctly, and then now is technically the only Beach Boy along with Mike Love, legally. Um, Yeah, that makes sense. So, um, but he he has a couple songs on this record, but it's his last, so, but I don't care how old he is. We don't give a shit. No, I I, I think whenever we stick with life updates, you can just leave. Yeah, exactly. Nobody gives a shit about Bruce Johnson. Yeah. Uh, so Brian is 29. Jesus uh, the Christ. Radiant Radish is closed, by the way. It was only yeah. apparently open for a few months. Which we is went sad. over that last year. Or yeah, last week. Well, yeah. It'll come up again here, though, okay. in this episode. He's only 29. They... Well, it gets crazier because Carl, who's now leading the band through basically yeah. their fallow period, like, it's just crazy because Carl at this point is only 25 and yeah. he's leading the band and, like, I mean, the Producing Beach Boys. a lot of it. Yeah, producing most of it, writing a lot, and like the Beach Boys obviously are around for another for most of the seventies releasing right. new music, but like it's just weird that his I don't know, the prime of his life or whatever is spent during the weirdest Beach Boys years. Like yeah. he was kind of pushed to the side during the sixties years, but that's okay. Yeah. Um That is that is crazy. Because they've yeah. got twenty one albums at this or twenty two yeah. albums at this point. I think so. Yeah. That means like his entire life, he would have pretty much made an album a year. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little ridiculous. It is incredibly ridiculous. So Denny's uh, 27. Okay. Al's sitting at 29 as well. And Mike Love, always the oldest at 30. I always imagine Denny as being like 20. Yeah. 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 I don't think he grows up from there. It's weird him being 27. but Yeah. I don't believe that. I don't think he is. Yeah. And... We have a new manager update. Okay. And this is actually important. We don't talk about their managers much after yeah. Murray. Right. Um, mostly because they had a bunch of them, and they mm. none of them were particularly impactful, except for Nick Grillo, or Grillo um, who was the guy who tried to help them start Brother Records and fucked it up so bad that they couldn't really smile. Sounds about right. <laughs> um, and then also gets name-dragged name dropped on friends um man on, they were way before the Biggie song Tupac or whoever those guys are <laughs> yeah uh so but their new manager jack riley uh is will try to put his stamp on them in mm-hmm. kind of a somewhat big way he has a lot of influence over this record uh in the next couple yeah so um so go ahead May I ask ahead of time, mm-hmm. um, because I know it's going to be a while before we get to it. When mm-hmm. do they kind of, you, you said that, well, you said off mic that this was kind of the end of the Beach Boys. To some degree. They to go away degree. for a few years for the first time in their career very soon. So when is the last time they do anything before their big comeback? Um, I believe the next two records are the last of like, I don't know, I guess for you could call it the second era of the Beach Boys. Yeah. Because the first and, would be up to Pet Sounds, and when when does the other one? So when does that second? So one 1973 is their last record of like this era, and then their comeback record is 76. So Carl, the youngest one, is 27. Yeah, he would be. That's yeah. I think exactly how old George Harrison was when the Beatles broke up. Yeah, 
Which only is, Carl did not have, I don't think, a solo album in that time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's just, but, yeah, yeah. it is crazy that, like, these bands yeah, right. that are iconic, like, the youngest member is not even 30 yet by the time they've already become iconic and then disbanded. Right? Yeah. Because, like, I'm... It is wild. I'm not 27 yet, but... I'm certainly not going to do as much as they fucking did by the time I'm 27. I have this no. stupid podcast, and that's about it. Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty wild. And then it's also just weird that all the oldest guys are the only ones who are still alive. That Brian is Brian and Mike and Al. Yeah. And the younger the younger kids died. And but. the oldest, Beatles, Ringo. He's that's still okay. alive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, let's see. Oh, yeah, so Jack Riley. I wanted to talk a little bit about him. Uh, because at this point the Beach Boys were very well. Okay, so Riley, I should start more at the beginning. He met Brian while Brian was uh, running the Radiant Radish, <laughs> and Jack Riley was a DJ and oh, cool. like kind of freelance music writer at the time. What and DJ at the time was not a freelance well, music yeah, writer? Yeah. I feel like all of them had a little side gig. So it kind of sounds like he just would go by the Radiant Radish because he mm-hmm. was a huge Beach Boys fan and just to like, you know, just talk to, up Brian and be yeah. like, yo, I, I love this album. How'd you do that? Whatever. I feel like when any celebrity owns <laughs> a thing like that, there are definitely people who hang around who are just like, man, this is some mighty fine coffee. Uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is Bruce Springsteen gonna be here anytime? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. When's when's Brian coming in today? Yeah. Jack, get out. <laughs> Buy your dried pinto beans or get out. So, he convinced Brian to come on his radio show and interview him. Uh, so he interviewed Brian for a while, and they talked a lot about Smile and Surfs Up, which um, was the only track from Smile that people had like gotten um, radio play. Yeah, I mean, so a few of them had... No, no, no. Sorry, not Radio Play. A few of the Smile tracks have been released on record at this point. And oh, people, so Smile, not Smiley Smile. Yeah. Sorry. And people generally knew, like, reviews of the time would know that, like, Cabin Essence was a Smile outtake, although they also yeah. knew that it was a re-recorded version. But Surf's Up was this really famous, like, Albatross song mm-hmm. because there was about a minute of it that was featured on this 1967 TV show hosted by Leonard Bernstein about like new pop music yeah that sounds and so right. he they talk about the beach boys and this was right during all of that media around smile right and so there's this like minute long thing of brian sitting at a piano playing part of surf's up that's on the show so people had I've seen, seen it. that clip yeah you probably Holy have shit. it's pretty he's famous he's got a little yeah. owl on the like piano? a candelabra yeah 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 yeah, yeah. candelabra I've, why have i seen that i don't know but. it's a i think it's a fairly famous clip i don't know i i yeah. wondered because when I heard that song on this album, I was like, when the fuck? Because that was like, that yeah. was Smile era. So yeah. I was very confused. 67, yeah. I'm so glad this is coming together for me. So it was, but it was really famous because people yeah. went, holy shit, that's a song that's a from good Smile. Song. And yeah. then it wasn't on any of the albums that came right. out later. And so Riley talked to him about Surf's Up. And Brian, as he does, was like, oh, it's not very good. It's never going to be yeah. released. I don't, I don't even like that song kind of thing. So, um,. After he interviewed Brian, he kind of kept in touch with him a little bit. Uh, Brian probably closed the store just so he'd leave him alone, but like yeah. he still stocked down his address or something. I mean, I had to He close. followed that friend's... He followed the directions from that friend's song. <laughs> and it was pretty... Found his house. It was yeah. the directions from the Radiant Radish yeah. to Brian's Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I had to close my... Um... So it was like one of those stores where you go in and there's... Uh, you can buy alcohol, mm. um, not bottles General of it. Store. 
Uh, oh, bar. But there's also naked ladies there. What do they call that? Mm. Titty bar. Strip. <laughs> so when I owned my titty bar, uh, people kept, fans of the podcast kept yeah. coming in and saying, Oh, are, are you? Oh, so this is actually news to me that you closed it. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it, it's been fairly recent. Um, okay. I also it was my... called PJ's Double D's. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay. And people would come in and say, are you Peter? And I'd be like, I, I'm i not. And they'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah, my wife got really sick of people mistaking me for you yeah. and trying to like. Well, get... she could she could hear them mistaking <laughs> me for you from the stage. Oh, that's funny. Oh, nice burn. Yeah. See, that's and that's why she doesn't like to hang out with you, BJ. <laughs> what the fuck? All of my ex-wives, you've just always made fun of and called them strippers. Well, two of them have been strippers. Now, yes, to be fair, two the, first, seven. the first two were strippers, yeah. but there's been five in a row now who haven't been strippers. All right. Publicly. Yeah. I'm winking. <laughs> I love that on a podcast you have to announce, I'm winking. <laughs> so, Jack Riley also, are you done with the I'm titty done. bar? Okay. Jack Riley also wrote <laughs> and like sent to the Beach the Boys. Bar, Peter. <laughs> I told done. you, it's I'm closed. done with the titty yeah. bar. Bars on the doors. Um, he wrote a six-page like manuscript about how to stimulate increased record sales and popularity for the Beach Boys around 1970. Oh, what and, like, a gave fucking it to them. nerd! Yeah. So, and uh, part of the advice that's there like was... somebody who like <laughs> takes album ratings and averages them out mm-hmm. before and after a certain album what an idiot i mean nerd. he's basically like a reddit commenter but back in 1970 when yeah. you did something with that knowledge and like passion you gave you it had. to a beach boy yeah, exactly. whereas these reddit people are just like uh, reddit people god don't get me started what, what do they call them redditors oh okay well, that's dumb so part of the advice um was really routes. focused on changing the group's focus their lyrical focus so that they were more ecologically and politically uh minded instead of just singing about the beach or whatever yeah because the 70s man were all about taking and so you give that to them in 1970 uh around 70 or 71 i'm a little is that why so after yeah the last album no, before the but, okay, before the last. So album. that's where we'll get to the timeline. That, here. What was that very? What was that very political song? Something about uh, everyone should listen to music. <laughs> Is that what? It was? Add some music to your day, PJ. No, it was like. I don't know. You have no idea what I'm talking about. Nope. I'll come up. There's with a it. bunch of political songs on the next record <laughs> that maybe you're thinking. Maybe of. it was. I don't know. Um, what was so, the last album called? And he was Sunflower. Sunflower. So, and he was hoping that if they changed their lyrics that way, then they would get back in the good graces of youth yeah. of the time and all that. Um, I mean, how could they relate to the to the youth when they're so old? Exactly. 25. That's right. Um, so, and he also referenced uh, Carl's conscientious, conscientious objecting yeah. court case uh, where he refused to uh, answer the draft and was arrested for it. Um, and then also they played a few anti-war concerts at the time. Um, yeah. Was there not and an so, anti-war song on the last album? No, there is on this one. Is it this one? Okay, sorry, I got them confused. There's, I mean, there's like a couple vague lyrics on Sunflower, but not like full songs no, that are okay. pretty political. Yeah, yeah, sorry, I got them confused. No, it's okay. There, there are a couple songs though. You're not wrong, or a couple lyrics, but nothing, nothing major. Um. So anyway, so th- those were all his ideas, and they kind of ignored it when he first sent it to him. Yeah. Well, that's because a, a weird guy that you kind of yeah. know sends you a bunch of facts about yourself. Mm-hmm. 
So, but after Sunflower nosedived as hard as it did, uh, they decided to hire him just kind of as a... A Hail Mary. Yeah, exactly. We have no answers, obviously. Football. So, um... So they hired him and decided to take his advice to change up their their lyrical content and tone. Um, so that leads to a few songs on here, which uh, are more, I mean, basically not every song, but at least half the album is either focused on political stuff or like ecological stuff. Yeah. Um, which is obviously pretty new for the Beach Boys at this point. At this point, is Brian still just handing over Smile and takes? Uh, there's a song so, I know is from Smile. So remember that part of their reprise contract required him to be more involved? Yeah, I do. So know that. this album, he is basically as involved as he's ever been. <laughs> like late 60s, <laughs> early 70s. Okay. He wrote the three-song suite at the end. Yeah, okay. Um, and that's all he wrote for this record, but like he was there to help but, produce it and but stuff. But did he so, hand like, over a song from Smile? Involved. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Surf's Up. But f- we besides just Surf's about. Up. Oh, no. Surf's Bull- Up is the only song from all Smile right. on here. Bullshit. Okay. So um, Take a Load Off Your Feet is yes. an outtake from the last record. Oh. Yeah. And or from the smile. one before. I forget exactly if take it was from 2020 or Sunflower Session. Seems very smiley. It does, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, it's about like being healthy. And yeah. It just kind of sounds like that. It does, but yeah, it's an outtake from 69 or or 70, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and so obviously, well, I don't know. We'll hear it in a little bit, but they were kind of hit or miss in terms of their new direction, but generally, I think it was a good thing just because I feel like the Beach Boys are good when they have someone kind of pointing them somewhere, whether it's Brian or a manager or Carl, even. Yeah. So... Um, let's see a couple other things about this record uh, when it was in, uh, do you want to make up a few things about this record? Sure. Why don't you? Yeah. Take it away. So what are some faux facts about this record? Some common misconceptions. We'll call this segment PJ facts. Mm-hmm. This record, uh, it was pressed not on vinyl. What? Not on vinyl, but on, uh, you ever see that uh, that uh, video where the guy carves uh, some music into a tortilla? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what these guys were doing. What are uh, these guys? They carved it into a tortilla. Yeah. The Beach Boys. <laughs> Did you forget their name? They were trying to be uh, racially... Insensitive? <laughs> yeah. Um, so They were going to call it Taqueria. Well, and, and they did originally. Uh, yeah. If you get an original pressing, it's called Taqueria uh, by the Beach Amigos. And... Uh, then they los beach hijos. Yeah, if if you <laughs> los playas, los hijos playa. Exactly. Playas. Whatever Sorry. he said. Boy, I fucked that up. And also, hijos is sons, not brothers. Well, and amigos is friends. So, which is my favorite Beach yeah. Boys album, Amigos. True. Uh, <laughs> and then, so if you have a copy of that, you know, it's worth almost as much as uh, that copy of Yesterday and Today with all those dead babies. Mm-hmm. Um, That's true. A lot of them molded. Which was mm. problematic. Yeah, you had to keep it in like the fridge. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And not many people, not many people do that with their records. I mean, I do because I'm a purist. Uh, people didn't realize at the time that you can just eat it. Yeah, fucking idiots. Um, second fact stupid. about mm-hmm. this album is the press material was written by Davy Jones of the Monkees. Wow. Yeah. 
Um, he tried to make up a bunch of bullshit about the Beach Boys. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, the Monkees were a huge, huge... Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Influence on the, on the Beach Boys. Yeah. <laughs> and so... You know, him ready. So they were competing because, you know, mm-hmm. uh, never a teacher, always a teach E. That's right. That's the saying. Um, uh, You're reminding me of another common um, misconception around this album mm-hmm. is that it's uh, it was like in urban legend. This was the album that supposedly soundtracked the night when um, by urban, do you mean black? No, just urban legend. soundtrack the night when uh george harrison came home and found eric clapton bone and his wife <laughs> yeah but it wasn't actually yeah 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 uh but people said that woman later went on to bone the bassist of the rolling stones fantastic when- charlie nope that's their drummer nope charlie yeah uh uh ronnie mm. ronnie who that progression is so whack. She went from a Beatle to like Eric Clapton to like the mm-hmm. bassist of the Rolling Stones. And also definitely like the best Beatle. Oh, the best Beatle. Mm-hmm. We should start a George Harrison podcast. You think she was tired of his new age bullshit? <laughs> That's why he wrote the song, She's Tired of My New Age yeah. Bullshit. <laughs> that famous tune. Yeah. yeah. We should do a George Harrison podcast to cover his four solo albums. Yeah. <laughs> Not much there. We'll man. just go track by track. Oh, every okay. Week yeah, we'll every do song. One song. All things must pass. Will take twelve. Oh yeah, <laughs> twelve it's, months. It's a quadruple LP or something crazy, yeah. or yeah. triple maybe. But I think we could probably do one episode for the instrumental jams. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't know. I do love. Thanks for the pepperoni, though. Yeah, classic. Yeah, that so, was about Patty Boyd and her mm-hmm. smelly pussy. <laughs> Not her pepperoni nipples. No. The obvious. Her smelly okay. her smelly pussy. Not the obvious thing. Yeah. Well, George liked to write a metaphor. Exactly. All yeah. Things Must Pass was actually about... Um, the kidney stone. Yeah. 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 <laughs> pooping out a kidney stone. Yeah, exactly. Which is how they did it back in... 19- they didn't really know yet how to pass them. Yeah. So they so just the told him to like, poop it out. Try yeah. to shit that... Yeah, shit that thing. They out. thought he yeah. had just swallowed a kidney stone <laughs> and it would just pass through, but yeah, they got they the didn't kidney stone confused with the Blarney stone, and so mm. it used to right. be That's if the you problem eat with going it, to an Irish doctor, exactly. <laughs> and they're drunk all the time. <laughs> so this record was just and finish for finish your fucking sandwich. And that's for real this time. Talking. No, that's fine. So I had a lot to say. Your... All right, the sandwich <laughs> was or this. Sand- this album was originally called The Sandwich Islands. Yeah. Uh, and then they changed it to The Earl of Sandwich because Bruce was really big into history at that point. And then they changed it to Earl Hickey. Yeah. Yeah. And then they changed it to Bruce is Dead because they thought it, because <laughs> mostly because Denny thought it would be funny. Yeah. Uh, but then Bruce was really mad and Jack didn't know enough to not take sides. So he took yeah. Bruce's side, which was a which mistake. Is, yeah. He didn't even know that Bruce wasn't in the band. Yeah. Moment. Right. Yeah. yeah. I know. He thought Bruce was an original member. He, he thought no he was idea. one of the brothers. Yeah. I know. He's like, it's weird that it's all brothers and then Al. Yeah. He thought Mike was a brother, too. Mm-hmm. Well, Like he a brother. Was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that'll get cut. But it was originally called Landlocked, which I really, really like as a title, actually. That's pretty good for a band that used to do surf music. Yeah, well, I think it's at, I I think it's equally as good as Surf's Up, because both of them are very I mean, like, Surf's Up kind is more of ironic, ironic and yeah. cynical. 
Um, and they both really match the album art, I think. Yeah. And so I think they're both really great. Uh, it's sort of like how Abbey Road was going to be called Everest. Yeah. And I think both of those titles would have been perfecto. Yeah. But it's just whichever one they get, ended up going with. You get the iconic cover yeah. of Abbey Road. Well, and Surf's Up. It is um, a very. It is maybe my favorite album art they've done yet. It's really incredible. It's very good. Yeah. So, but it's also in terms of like their progression as a band, a little bit of like the darker, more cynical version of their Pet Sounds title versus Surf and Safari. Yeah. Where that was sort of a play on words to show you know their growth as a band. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Surf's Up with the dark, sad cover is also yeah sort of showing their growth as a band. So that album art though is based on a sculpture from like from the 1890s I believe called wow. End of the Trail um which is also very similar to the Brother Records logo. It is. Yeah. And I think which was I remember talking about cuz it of is purposeful fucking crazy. Yeah. Well, and the Brother's Record logo is also based off a sculpture that's in Boston yeah. or something at the yeah. like Boston Museum that of makes Art. Sense. Yeah. Um, it it is like the most crazy like album record or like album sorry record company logo label yeah like every other one is pretty much just like the letters and the thing in like a square or a circle and they just went all fucking out for it which is cool it's pretty great yeah and um yeah so and then it's also just a symbol of like where they're at sort of like the title um a symbol of where they're at as a group where the surf is up and this out or and the the um sculpture is of this Indian who's stopped at the edge of the Pacific Ocean on his horse and is like hunched over on yeah. his run from. We the, probably should have described that before we started talking about it. From the great, um, <laughs> what is it called? Uh, damn it! What's the, great the term? Unknown. No, what's the term for uh, American shit? What's it called? I don't know what you're talking about. I'm sorry. In history, during the expansion of the West. Where there's the term for like uh, manifest destiny. Yes, thank you. God damn, and I don't even remember what I was talking about before that. Oh, so the statue of this Native American who's stopped at the edge of the Pacific on his run from manifest destiny. So, speaking of the brothers' Mm -hmm. records logo, what if that is our matching tattoo? That would maybe be the coolest matching tattoo I can think of, as far as uh, Beach Boys tattoos go. Is that logo? We wouldn't I have wouldn't to. Get, mind, actually. We wouldn't have to get words. We could just get the guy, because that would be oh. cool as hell. I feel less good about that actually. What? Just because having a tattoo of this Native American dude might be a little off. You can't really people tell don't know it's a Native it American dude though. That's kind of true. Just a guy on a horse. Yeah, exactly. If we're gonna do that though, I like that. I like the Surfs Up album cover way more. We could do. If we're gonna get a dude we could do the Surfs Up album cover too. Because I fucking love that statue. Like that, I think it's gorgeous. We would just have to get it less detailed because I w- don't want to pay that much. Yeah. No, this is cool. I. Think, I mean, you could, you could, yeah, ask whatever the tattoo artist to do it, kind of in a simple I think, style. Peter, by the end of this podcast, I'm down. We've said I agree. We got to get matching tattoos or see the Beach Boys in concert. And we can do both, but we can start with the matching tattoos. Absolutely. Peter, if they come anywhere close to us, we're going. I don't even care if the podcast is done by then. We're going. They're only, like, over in New Jersey right now, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Anyway, sorry. Continue on with your notes. So this record was also 
way better received than any of their previous ones since like Wild Honey, probably. Um, like most of these that have been getting good. Well, most of these have been getting good critical reviews, but they haven't had any like drop in the larger like no one why in wider culture has noticed them basically or cared. Yeah. But this one had some buzz around it. Um which is kind of interesting. I'm not really sure why, honestly. But like if if you're a casual Beach Boys fan, if you know one record post Pet Sounds, it's going to be this one. You think like so? Over Wild Honey or Friends or Sunflower. You oh think yeah. Over Wild Honey. Oh yeah. Definitely. Oh, okay. This is a really well-known record. Like if you're I guess a, that makes sense. If you're a yeah. Beach Boys fan who has like five records, this is going to be the like one of maybe two from this era. But do that you think that's because collection. it was uh Beach Boys fans who were like, "Oh, another surf album." No, no, I don't. No. I think, think it's, it's like sounds good? it's supposed to be because it's one of their good ones. Yeah. But I'm just not sure like why when it Wild came out it had that much yeah. buzz cuz Surf's Up was obviously on it. But they've had a lot of smile songs on their records so far, so like, and people weren't all that keyed up who weren't hardcore fans about it. So I'm not really sure, but um, it probably helped that Rolling Stone raved on it, and yeah. they've been shitting on them since about Wild Honey. That basically. was kind of Rolling Stone's thing in like from oh, like '66 yeah. until like well, even through most of the '70s, because they. Yeah. They shit on they shit on like the first four Led Abbey Zeppelin Road albums or something and all of yeah. yeah. So with Abbey Road, they ran. <laughs> I shouldn't or go no, no, back no. to correct you. Sorry. They ran two side by side, and one of them hated it, and one of them loved it. But still, you know, but Rolling it, Stone was very touchy. Well, and it was they had like, like trying to be cool and shitting well, on right. like pop music. So they purposefully Which, kind of yeah. crapped on the Beach Boys just yeah. to like kind of make a stand and get more attention, essentially. Which I get, and it worked. But they raved over Surf's Up and ended, they wrote a really long review, like would have been a couple pages of the magazine yeah. review, uh, and ended it what? with the quote, you can come home, guys, all is forgiven. Oh, wow. So like, yeah. So they, so maybe, and they did have a lot of cultural influence, so maybe they did help this record get kind of more wider attention that it didn't get at the time. But you are in the yeah. journalism business. I am. We should get a hold of Pitchfork and tell them yeah. these two guys need to write reviews of these albums and so, run them side by side, just like Abbey Road. You can um, you can submit. Pitchfork has a like Sunday series where yeah. every Sunday you they take uh, freelance people yeah to review old albums that they've never reviewed before. So basically, pre Pitchfork, like pre ninety eight or whatever yeah, they started. Whenever they, yeah. And so people have done like seventies albums and stuff like that. And so And that's our niche, buddy. You could do one, man. You could do a uh sorry, we could do one. I've actually thought about pitching to them doing a review of today. Because oh, I think because they've done absolutely. some of the Beach Boys re releases, but they have not done today at today, all. Has so. today been re released? Yeah, but they haven't reviewed it. So yeah. well I think it I don't know. Most people think I don't know. The anyway. word count is 2,000, by the way, on that Beach Boys review from Rolling Stone, which is legitimately yeah. like twice as long as any album that's review should that's be. That's not an article, you know? That's that's like a full-on essay yeah. about their new record, yeah. yeah. It was really long. But also Robert Criscow, though, who wrote for The Village Voice and was like one of the other major reviewers of this era, yeah. fucking hated it. Of course he did. Shat. And Friends was his favorite post-Pet Sounds album. Ooh, yikes. He had weird taste, honestly. It seemed a little bit maybe purposeful that that's he was just trying the, to be contrarian with, with but i could journalists but is, i can't tell yeah. 
or he did just have weird taste and legitimately was yeah. like surfs up sucks and friends is incredible which yeah. friends is good but it's not it's incredible. not their best of yeah. like post post that sounds no thing yeah so and it was also their first top 40 album since wild honey surfs up um yeah and uh, yeah i don't know i i guess that's probably attributed both to some good press although they've again they've had good reviews but and maybe their new manager Maybe their new manager, that and then also Paola, Surf's baby. Up, I think, did help just because, as we talked about, it was kind of this, like, Iconic, mythical like track. Myth. Yeah. 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 So, um, let's you see. Know why and I have... You know why I know yeah, go ahead. that thing? It's because I've watched uh, a scene comparison of that uh, <laughs> that Paul Dano movie. Oh, yeah. Um, And they did a scene comparison of Brian singing that song because he did it in the movie, too. Got it. That's okay. what it was. Okay. Nice. So, um, but there is an interesting quote from those liner notes that I'm just going to read wholesale, uh, which is why it'll sound a little stilted. But, um, so this record was well received and sold well and everything, which just yeah. after a long time. So, and apparently during a 1971 concert, uh, with, the, with Bob Dylan and the Grateful Dead playing the same show, which is wild. At the Fillmore East. <laughs> Truly. Oh, at the Fillmore. I would love that that's show. That's an insane show. I know. It would be great, but that's just so weird that Bob Dylan was playing shows with, with the, the Dead, dead. Yeah. in 71. Well, in, in 71, um, they were still, they weren't like quite. Oh, wait. I take that of, back. Yeah. The Beach Boys were playing with the Grateful Dead. <laughs> that's <laughs> I misread bonkers. this. Oh, my God. That's insane. Because Bob Dylan turned up to catch the Beach Boys set at when they were playing with the Grateful Dead. Yeah. It might have been That's more bands, so but still. Um, but what? he apparently told a reporter next to him who quoted it, and it like became this thing. You know they're fucking good, man, during the Beach Boys set. Yeah. And, you know, Bob Dylan's Bob Dylan that gives you a little bit of cash. Traditionally right? loves, like, pop music. One of, So mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. may have talked about this on the podcast, but he said fairly recently that Jimmy Buffett is one of his favorite songwriters. I think you have brought that up. It's oh, wild. It's so, so maybe he was just trolling back in 1971. He, he very well could have been, and then is still just like being Bob Dylan. Like, yeah, I love Jimmy Buffett. Margarita did. Yeah, yeah. probably. <laughs> uh, Bob Dylan's the coolest. So that's but kind he of he also the... could have a weird appreciation for pop music at the time like I do now. Like, True. Oh yeah, totally. Like call me maybe. I well think that song have. is yeah. good. Like yeah. I truly do. I think you people would say, are now call question- me definitely. You call me 100%. Yeah. 100 baby. Mhm. Uh so yeah, so that's kind of the uh little bit of a the background to this episode or to this album. Yeah. And we're going to come back in a minute to go track by track. Let's get into the track by track. Baby. All right, welcome back to the Beach Boys Boys. We're Hi. here to go. Hi. Hello, PJ. Hi. I'm glad to hear that you're still here. Did, did I tell you I have a gig on April 8th? I think you mentioned it, but you can plug it now for the listeners. No, I just thought it would be funny to tell you a very... Oh, uh, okay. Just a thing from our lives. Got it. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, it's at... So you're touring. You're going on tour going through on a bunch tour. of western so mountain I'll states. I'll be in some hick-ass town called Missoula. I've never heard of it. Yeah, I haven't either. It's oh, 
Wait, I had a nephew who went to school there and said it was real shitty. Yeah. Yeah. He got he got uh mesothelioma from the asbestos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know yeah. I know that guy. Yeah. Um yeah, April Karen. Karen, yeah. Yeah. Uh April eighth. C A R O N, it's the man spelling. Yeah. Yeah. It's a family. What'd you name. fucking expect? Yeah. We're Irish. That makes sense. Yeah. It's a it's an old Gaelic name. Gaelic. <laughs> but you're I going wish. to oh that's funny. April eighth at the uh, yeah. top hat lounge. Wow, the top. No, hat not the lounge. top hat. The I've VFW. Never heard of them. Oh, I have heard of the VFW. Yeah, though. okay. I know the VFW in Missoula, Montana. That's where all those guys who got Damn. their legs amputated hang out. Well, it's the only place. You know what's wild? It's it's the only place in the U.S. where veterans of foreign wars can gather. Yeah, yeah. It's the only one left in the entire country. Exactly. So otherwise, it's a pretty, they're shunned it's a world from famous, society. Yeah. It says everybody veterans of foreign wars. It's yeah. like those. It's like the coloreds only and mm. whites only. Uh, right. Drinking fountains and pools and such. Yeah, it's. I wonder. I. This is someone's stand-up joke. I know for sure, or okay. Twitter joke, or something. But Let's like the idea person. of the VFW is hilarious because there hasn't been a non-foreign war. <laughs> yeah. Literally since the, the Civil, Civil War. war. <laughs> Do you think they like when? Because I imagine VFWs came about in like the '60s. Yeah, yeah, I think, think so. Like I think it was a post-nom thing, yeah. yeah. Do you think there were 90-year-old men who were like, I I, and then they were like, get the fuck okay, out of here, I guy. think that is the actually joke? legitimately, I believe our mutual friend who has been on this podcast used, that was a stand-up joke that he did back in his days of doing stand-up comedy. Jake? Yes. Really? Jake Iverson, when he was a, a at least part-time stand-up comedian, yeah. I believe one of his jokes was, at the VFW, if a guy, if a Civil War veteran walked in, would they kick him out? <laughs> yeah. Man. I I think that's what I'm thinking well, of. Loki joke, because I just fucking came up with it, too. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's easy. Anyone can do stand-up Jake, comedy, Jake, go PJ. fuck yourself. <laughs> He's not listening. He doesn't listen. He listened to one episode before he came on, listened to his yeah. episodes, never came back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if we list this one as the Jan and Dean episode. We should throw listen. his name in the description just to see. Just to if see he if he, listens. yeah. He's got a Google alert for his name. Just at the end of the description, parentheses, and go fuck yourself, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll do that. So surf's up. Surf's up, baby. Ten songs. 33 minutes. Not important at all. All normal. That's but very average, yeah. Let's go ahead and start this let's record. get the fuck into this track by track. Don't go near the water. Maybe some advice that Denny should have heeded. <laughs> uh, Mike and Al song, by the way. Yeah, they wrote it? Written by and sung, yeah. This is Mike Hobbs. I do think it's funny that on I lo- oh post... Sorry, we go go for yours first. Just I love all the weird keyboard noises on this record. They have it, a lot of fun with electronic instruments. It's like a kid who just got his first key. It's yeah. like when we got that fucking keyboard that had that auto. Oh, yeah. yeah. I still have that downstairs. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, it's it's like a kid who has discovered uh, a keyboard with like fart noises on for the first yeah. time. I think it's great, though. I really oh, like all of the electronic really noises yeah. they use on this record. And the little, I don't know. I think it's really cool, actually. I, I do, like the sound of this record. I do like that on their ironic Surf's Up, like, hey, surf music is not our thing anymore album. The first song is Don't Go Near the Water. Well, it's sort of poignant in a way. Yeah, no, it's great. I, I mean, because like it's both ecological and it's also like they are afraid at this point to even like 
touch their old sound because yeah. they there's they've been so reamed and made fun of for it at Except this point. Mike. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, it's great. I I think I think this song's fantastic. It's a fantastic song. It's got like it's fantastic all the way through. As and far the as, little yeah. like uh, what would you call it? It's a oh I knew what yeah. It's called what's the I name of the washboard? Like a washboard kind of sound. It's like a washboard, but there's a very specific um, um, name for that when it's an instrument. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, it, it's that thing that looks like a fish, and it's got a hole in it. Oh you, yeah. Like yeah. And I, I don't know the name time. of those. Yeah. I did at one point, and it's, you see them in those gift shops all the time. Wow. I looked up percussion instruments, and the second thing is a bunch of dildos. <laughs> oh, they're Thai rhythm sticks. Okay. Cool. What the fuck? No, 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 no. What? That's These are what, dildos. That's what my ex-wife calls my penis. Thai rhythm stick? Yeah. My nickname was Thai. Yeah. Mm. Well, short for... I don't know. You know, P. Tyler. Cat's <laughs> <laughs> really aggressive today. No problems jumping up on the table. All right. Long Promised Road. A uh, Carl... Written by Carl and with some Jack Riley help, who helps on a lot of songs on this record. Giro. It's called a Giro. Okay. Uh, sung by Carl. My favorite voice in the Beach Boys might be Carl. I also realized I really like Mike's voice at this point. It's not nasally. I think it's just good. I'm honestly. Still, I'm still I not really into Mike's okay. voice. There's a later song that I think Mike sings excellently yeah. on. I think there are some that he really kills it, but overall, no. This song's a goddamn jam. It is a jam. You're right. It's so good. You know what? The more I've drank in a day when we review an album, the more you like it. The more I like <laughs> it. But like, I I did listen to this beforehand. Yeah. This is a jam, and yeah. that's almost exactly what I was gonna say about it. When we get to the bridge, it's one of the very best parts on this whole record. Obviously, we'll get there in a bit. And a great vocals from Carl. Yeah. Like he has just become a good self-assured love, yeah. singer. He's yeah. great. I do love this structure of a song where it's like slow verse, fucking jam into the chorus, slow verse again. When all the roadblocks are stumbling me. Yeah. It's just a good song. Yeah, it is. Again, the electronica keyboard noises. Well, even the like, even that synthesizer. You know, that's very yeah. basic. I like. Yeah, Carl is writing very Brian-esque songs on this record. All of his songs sound like they could have been written to Brian by Brian to me. This synth sounds like it's in a stick song. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's pretty. It's like kind of advanced stuff. Yeah, for seventy-one. Yeah. Is this the bridge that you're loving? No, the, w- the bridge was the thing with the sticks oh, synth. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Although, but then there's like an ending part that's also really good that we'll... See, that's what I'll turn it back up when we get about. to that. Yeah. There's a lot of great parts to this song. This yeah. is one of my favorites on the record, I think. This album is all over the place, I want to say. Oh, in I don't a, think in so. A, in a good oh, way. Oh, okay. Not in a... Yeah. I think it sounds of a piece, though, like Sunflower. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. Like, that the production it... is good and consistent on it in a way no, where it sounds yeah. like a complete not, not record. Not the production. I just think the album itself, like, oh. the songs are, like, all over the place. Yeah. Um, I guess. Not this with... part. 
This is the horns and the guitar are so good here. Yeah. Great horn tone. Oh. Amazing horn tone. I'm a sucker for horns. Mm. I just the- love that hot horn blowing in my ear. Oh my god, I just want more horn. Mm. Give it to me. And then the rock and ending. It's yeah. fantastic. Oh, I'll wet their reed. One of the best songs on the record. All right. Um, if the Beach Boys in their early days had had horn on every song, I would have loved the <laughs> It would have helped, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. We also both right now look like the biggest fans of the Beach Boys. We're oh, yeah. We're both dressed so much like. For sure. We're yeah. both dressed like we are on the uh, podcast album, Mark. Yeah, except so. you're wearing uh, a baseball cap. A baseball cap with. And when you've got the cap on and the, the cans and on. And the cans, I look very like Mike. Very mullety. Mm. I don't think you have a mullet, but with I the don't cans at all. On, no, with the cans on, it's very mullety. Interesting. I yeah. never considered. It looks picture. like I'm wearing one of those hats with the hair on the inside, Ex- and it, I just yeah. have a shaved head underneath. <laughs> okay, uh, that's fascinating to me because one of my very favorite long hair looks is baseball cap, long hair tucked in behind the ears. Yeah, and I don't think it looks mullety. I had, but that it's for good a to hear it from another time. guy. Yeah. Yeah. All right, take a load off your feet. This is uh, an Al song. This is a song I thought was from Smile. Yeah, this is a, yeah. It's, it's very Vegetables yeah. and uh, Mama uh, Written by Al and Brian, sorry. And then sung by both of them. Al's doing Ready. the high-pitched thing here. I'm also- and this is my song, by the way. Yeah? It was originally called Take a Load Off Your Feet, Pete. And in the chorus, they still sing Take a Load Off Your Feet, Pete. I'm also a sucker for that thing they were doing at the beginning where it is the same person singing in left and right. Yeah. The same words. Double tracked? It's double tracked, but like not double tracked exactly. Oh, yeah, right. So, like, um, there's a Velvet Underground song that does it. L-O-V-E. What's that song called? Uh, Sweet Jane. (laughs) It's off that record. It is off that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it does the And then same this thing. song has a bunch of like weird electronic flourishes on it that are just really Which is, odd. I really enjoyed them. I really like this song. It's I, just funky and weird. It reminds me of Badfinger from like the Magic Christian music days. I've never heard these. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. They have a lot of just weird songs that are like like they have a song called Fisherman that has like weird like squelchy noises that's like the fisherman walks across the sand. Yeah. And then there's weird noises in the background and like it's very just kind of like a novelty song, but yeah. in the like psychedelic hippie way, I like it a lot. Yeah. No, I. It, it 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 was kind of like a nice, uh, I guess, differential in tone with all the weird synth stuff and like sound effects. Yeah. Cool it down is the song I was thinking of by the Velvet yes. Underground. Yes. Same record. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I like this, and I really like Al singing. Al sings on a couple songs here, and I really like both of them. I missed Al. He doesn't sing a lot in these later yeah. days, and I yeah. realized I missed him a lot. Yeah, week. he's very good. All right, Disney Girls, nineteen fifty-seven. This is the Bruce contribution. The weirdest song on here. It's a little odd. Yeah. I just, I think, I just don't like the connotation of modern-day Disney girls being sung about by like twenty-somethings. I don't think. No, they, they, it doesn't have the same connotation as it did then. No, I. I don't think he's singing about Disney. Like, I don't think he's singing about Cinderella. No, I know. I know. I'm aware that he's not <laughs> oh, singing okay. about the Disney princesses. <laughs> that's what I thought you meant. <laughs> no. PJ, no. I don't. I really don't think that's who he's singing about. This isn't about Mulan. Yeah. 
So, I don't know. I think this is... I don't love this song, mostly just because the, like, 50s nostalgia lyrics are kind of dumb. No, I hate but all that shit. the Fuck. melody is great. It's a great ballad, I think. It's so catchy. See, I think that's that's largely where we differ with... with We've differed the most on ballads, where you've loved them, and I've not liked most of them. I don't that like part it. gets stuck in my head so easily. It's so good. I don't care. For and that. the uh, the bridge is also really amazing on this song, or the ending, whatever it is. No, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't like this one. If the lyrics were, well, actually, I don't mind them. Making wine in his garage is pretty good too. That is pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, this is definitely, I would say, one of the best Bruce songs. Um, maybe the only good one. That The Tears one from the last album is okay, but this is at least, I think, the best Bruce song they've done so far. This is also a huge fan favorite. Like, people who see him with Mike now love it. Yeah, this bridge part is the part that I think really makes the song worth it. People like this song. People love this favorite? song. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. It is. Like at the Mike and Bruce shows, it is a hit every time. From what it's I, like a from what I understand, um, true like true Beach Boys fans hate the Mike and. Well, shows. yeah, yeah, yes. but well, because it's 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 them. That's not to the, say they have bad taste in this song, though. I think it is. Okay. Um. Because, I mean, Mike and Mike and Bruce are touring as the Beach Boys, and then Al and uh, Brian are touring as... Yeah, Brian Wilson. Brian Wilson, yeah. yeah. And I think Al's son is in that, too? No, I don't think so. Are you sure? Fatar is. Um, okay. There was, there was Ricky, a thing... No, 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 Blondie Chaplin, I think. I forget. Oh. One of the two South African guys who comes on next record is yeah. in that group now. I forget which one it is. I just, Ricky there Blondie. was a thing that they recorded with uh, Al's son where he was singing lead. Very likely, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I like this one, but it's a ballad no. that if you don't, you don't. But Yeah. All right. And I don't think I do any... Student Demonstration Time, Mike's Protest Song. Oh, this is the one I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mike wrote it. It's a based off uh, Riot and Cell Block 9. Yep. And so it's got a lot of... Uh, we might pause this one a couple of times <laughs> to deconstruct. Oh, we should... Yeah. So far, it is... He sounds like such a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> he should not sing a cool blues song no. through a through a like weird cheesecloth speaker. <laughs> yeah. As much as I shit on their... Or megaphone sound, whatever yeah. it is. Pause it. Uh, yeah, pause, wait, pause it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mike, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He took he took Jack Riley's uh, advice, you know, advice yeah. and ran with it, baby. He was like, what's going to make us money? This? Okay. Talking about... And he wrote it like right after... Excuse me, Kent State, which he mentions in the third verse. Yeah, let's. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up the lyrics to this, and uh, well, oh, they're worth they're worth looking at. I have a couple thoughts on them. I think so too. Should we continue he, into the? Well, knowing that he's a proud boy now. Well, <laughs> yeah, which is weird because he like, although he obviously has some weird Republican ties, he was uh, 
as all the Beach Boys were pretty damn liberal in the 70s, honestly. I mean, like, who wasn't? That's kind of true. I mean, Jimmy Carter was fucking president. Like, in the even 70s, Republicans too. were liberal. But, yeah. I mean, he, like, well, we can analyze these lyrics. He thought he was being progressive. I yeah. Think. <laughs> No match for a gun. I do kind of like that, as cheesy as it is. It's very, it's all cheesy, even when it's oh, kind of good. Oh, it's the cheesiest song I've ever heard. But um, uh, like that, that just the rhyme in that one. I was like, all right, yeah. The solos. I like the solo. Yeah, yeah. 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 I wonder, they are well past the point where they're crediting any musicians on their albums. Yeah. Well, because once you wonder, get rich enough, you don't have to. I wonder if this is Carl or some other dude. Like, uh, none of our album liner notes I wouldn't be surprised say, if it was Carl. Because Carl, I think, is one he of can the play few talented instrumentalists. Yeah, yeah. Lick. I mean, I could play this. Like, I could come up with this. Sure. Peach and, and I could play this, too. Oh, yeah. No, I could, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. University. University. Everyone loves a political song that mentions specific times and places yeah. in it. <laughs> On December 14th, 2013, there was a killing of okay. some kindergartners. Nope. Also, okay, so the very best lyric in the entire thing <laughs> oh. is Mike's, that, that day they learned a new degree, the Bachelor of Bullets, <laughs> which I think he's trying to be on the side of the people who died, but that lyric does not sound like he it is at all. Doesn't also <laughs> sounds like he's making worst fun of them I've in the worst way. Yeah. It is god awful. The Bachelor of Bullets is like that. Sounds like a My Chemical Romance song. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty bad. And it then also, like, like wait, pause it for a second. Yeah. The, the chorus, like, well, there's a riot going on, there's yeah. a riot going on, there's a riot going on, student demonstration time. It just makes it sound like he's against student demonstrations because no, they turn into riots. this song, yeah, th- well. But I think he's trying to be pro-student demonstration. This song is tough, and we'll get to, so once we get to this, like, ending part. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so stay away when there's a riot going on is the ending lyric. So this song is the equivalent of the guy who blames women when they are sexually assaulted. Yeah. Because he's basically just saying, like, students, like, it's not... <laughs> it's not worth it to demonstrate. Yeah, like, it's not worth it to demonstrate because you. the police will show up in riot gear and shoot yeah. you. Which so don't demonstrate. Makes which, sense yes, that he's a proud is boy now. the yeah. victim-blaming kind of point of view that is not actually progressive, but I think he thinks no. it's progressive. <laughs> he's like, man, watch out for those police. They'll kill you because you're peacefully protesting. It's, it's really yeah. awful, man. It's like... Some of the most misguided yeah. lyrics I've heard, and and it doesn't very even seem time. like he has, like a lot of the time, if people are misguided like that, it's like they have the best intentions, right? I don't think he did. I mean, I don't think he had bad intentions, but no. I think he's just like like very, what makes it yeah. worse. It worse is that yeah, I don't think he had bad intentions, but I knowing him now, I think it's just yeah. like has. Such I think bad. he meant everything he said. But he didn't realize that what he was saying was wasn't cool, basically. Yeah yeah, 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 which is, I think, the worst-case scenario. <laughs> <laughs> that's what racists so, do a lot of yeah. the time, too. I'm not a racist, but... Right. You know, that's It's like, like yeah, I'm not against student... 
protest, but they're all getting killed. Yeah, exactly. So you better not protest anymore. There was a, a walkout today. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, in, in in the walkout in yeah. our town about mm-hmm. um, in Anaheim. In Anaheim about um, like a student walkout. You mean a student walkout uh, protesting like bad like pollution policies on climate change policies on climate change along those lines and i heard two old women talking about it and Mm -hmm. they were like i just don't know what these students think they're gonna do by walking (laughs) out it's just not gonna do it you know like i think because they're 15 they think it's gonna help and i really wanted to be like yeah it's like the civil rights movement where they (laughs) you know did walkouts and sit-ins that didn't work yeah yeah didn't work at all interesting people are just so like I don't know. It's just so weird that people have such a view on things where, like, young people don't know anything. It's like they kind of know what's going on more than, like, 90-year-old women do. Also, like, doing something is just always better than doing Doing nothing. nothing. And mocking people or turning a cynical eye towards people doing something, even if it is technically not much. Like, a walk out of school obviously isn't, like... something. Yeah. But, like, they're at least... They're trying up and doing something. Yeah, as opposed to your so. old fucking ass, <laughs> you fucking leather bag looking motherfuckers. Yeah, that conversation with them went south quick. And this was all just yeah. when you were at a stoplight and they were walking across the street and you had your window down. Exactly. Yeah. And so. then, well, I cat called them first, and mm-hmm. then they started talking about it. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> Brian, in a uh, like in one of his '90s interviews uh, for these deluxe liner notes. Uh, this is what he said about student demonstration time. I bet it's going to be great. I didn't like that. I didn't like the lyrical content. I thought it wasn't Beach Boys enough, <laughs> which begs so many questions. Yeah. <laughs> which part of it wasn't Beach Boys enough? Like not, it wasn't the Beach Boys. It wasn't Beach Boys enough, which gives the impression that he thought Mike was on the right track, but didn't go far <laughs> Maybe enough? that it wasn't cryptic. I don't that know. That it was just very upfront. But it wasn't Beach Boys enough yeah. is just such a weird way to put that it where I don't about... know what Brian thought about this song. Okay, here, <laughs> here's what Brian didn't like about it. He didn't <laughs> like that it wasn't a story about Mike waking up, making himself some eggs. Probably. Seeing a student demonstration. <laughs> thinking... Giving directions to his house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Trying to think of a phone number. Yeah. And then going and talking to people from the yeah, student demonstration. Exactly. And then... The lyric about, uh, he didn't like that there wasn't a lyric about him recording the song right then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's probably it, yeah. I gotta think. I think I nailed it. Yeah. Okay, so student demonstration time, end of the first half. Uh, and just for... Shouldn't have been on the album. Full disclosure, that is the only song on this album, I think, that is just straight up bad. Oh, it is a bad It's song. the only one. We were talking about Sunflower in the first part of the episode yeah. where I skipped like half of it when I re-listened to it. Yeah. Uh, this is that's the only the That's the only song actually that I skip on Surf Song. Here's the thing. If it came on at a party though and like nobody's paying attention, it would be kind no, of a jam. just the sound of it is fine. Yeah. But once but you care at all about the song. lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, second half of the record, Feel Flows, another Carl written and sung uh, with some uh, help from Jack again, Jack Riley. This sounds so Brian to me, by the way. This sounds like a Brian song for sure. And I love the like phased uh, vocal tracks behind him. Yeah. That wisp in and out. It's so beautiful. I want to say it does sound very Brian y, but not top notch Brian. No. 
I don't think it's low this song grade, is incredible. I think it's very middle range, Brian. Interesting. I, except for the uh, flute solo that we'll get to, that's what I, I hated think about this it. song is close to surfs up in terms of just like piano ballad beauty. I think this whole part so far is absolutely gorgeous. I like the effect on his voice, and I like the piano part. I don't think they go together in the song well. Interesting. I think it's great, honestly. I think it gives it this weird drive and kind of, I don't know, a serialness See, I think it does the that helps. To me. I think it gives it less of a drive than either one of them would. Huh. Because I like this effect on his voice. I think it sounds good. Yeah. I do not think it sounds good with this piano, though. Huh. And then the flute solo fucking blows. The flute solo is controversial. It is bad. We'll get to it. I just realized I was using my phone as a coaster. And even the lyrics are similarly to, like, Surf's Up, like, just kind of weird and cryptic. This is... Mm, this is good. Yeah, this part is great. This song is to surfs up what Heroes and Villains is to Good Vibrations. The same idea done in a slightly different, maybe equal, maybe not quite as good way. I can see where you're coming from with that, but okay. I don't agree. But you don't agree. Yeah. That's fine. It's maybe oversimplifying a little bit. I might be attributing slightly too much to Feel Flows, but I love this song. And that's like when Brian said that his, uh, like... Smile was to pet sounds as uh, mm. as like, summer days. Summer was days to, was gonna be, and it's like yeah. summer days to pet sounds. Yeah, it's not gonna be that much better. Because <laughs> summer days to pet sounds. Yeah, this part is it goes great, on too long, though. but once we get into the sax and flute stuff, but this part is still good. I think. I think it should have been cut off three bars ago, and then gone right to like. And then no flute solo. Maybe. It is almost five minutes long, which is pretty yeah. long Skip for ahead to the this flute track. Solo. Get on. I believe it's very close, actually. Oh, no. We have this little interlude. Which I really like, this electronica stuff. I really like it. I wish it had I been. I love it, actually. I wish it had been done better. It's. Oh, my God. It's so good. <laughs> I'm getting weird chills from that, like. Well, you just came, Peter. Yeah. Yeah. I just got here. I have a funny story about I just got here sure. and I just came. So this song so far, perfect. They could have ended it at three and a half minutes, <laughs> which is about what it's at now. They could have ended it at three minutes. You didn't like the saxophone interlude? Interesting. I I didn't mind. It went on too long. Yeah. No. Is my You're opinion. not wrong. But uh, there was a, as a young man, I was of the age where I thought Dan Cook was funny because I was 10. Oh, I think everyone did for a few years oh, there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That first record was in my iTunes for way too long. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, you know, I just thought it was hilarious. And he had a joke where uh, he said. Uh, where he punched a bee. Oh, I punched a fucking bee, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my favorite joke. Uh, where he, he was like, when, when people come. When people come to the movie theater and they're in front of me and they say, "Oh, the floor's so sticky," I say, "I just came," right, right in their ear, and I didn't understand the joke because I was ten, and yeah. I thought the joke was when people in front of me uh, say the floor is sticky, I say, 
yeah, I just got here. <laughs> and so, like, I didn't get it. And so, like, my brother wouldn't explain it to me. Yeah. And so then I asked, like, the sister who was older than him. And he was like, I don't get it either because I repeated it as, I just got here. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> then she was like, I don't know. That doesn't make sense to me either. And <laughs> no, I, it and doesn't then she make was sense. like, I don't like ask our older sister. And so then I asked yeah. the oldest sister and she was like, that joke also does not make sense to me. <laughs> and then uh, my brother who knew the original joke uh, was like, ask dad. And I was like, yeah, fine. I'll ask dad. Nobody knows what it means. <laughs> and then my dad was like, that is a nonsensical joke. It makes zero sense. And then years later, uh, I like, I just thought of it and I was like, was that joke and i went back and listened to it and i was like oh it's a cum joke <laughs> the the travails of childhood pj right yeah, yeah. <laughs> so feel flows i honestly i don't know whether i think that flute saxophone section ruins it or not i i the still can't f- come down on either on side i hate the flute on it i think i do but i also never won't listen to that song just because i think the other parts are so perfect i got so, so tired like, of it interesting all the right f- first time listening through i was like I'm, really i'm done with this flute. but the melody okay uh looking uh, at no, tomorrow no, no, no. i don't mind the melody or anything it's incredible I hate the flute yes I but the melody it. is good enough that to me i like cut it I down. put up with the flute part though. skip it at three minutes i know? don't i can't we should all right uh looking at tomorrow another al song i didn't like this one uh, I like Al's voice, but this sounds like it's a knockoff again, like Sunflower Song. Does it sound like House of the Rising Sun? What song am I thinking of? That's the only one I could think of that had this kind it does of sound arpeggiated like of the thing. Yeah. But well, and the melody is a little bit similar. Yes, too. yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure whether I was this part, the Pema. I mean, it's kind of like an old gospel melody yeah. too, from like. Well, um, and you know, the animals didn't write House of the Rising Sun, but like. That's true. Yeah. So it's not super original, but I never have skipped this song, but I realized today I was looking through the track list and went, I don't, that's the only song on here that I cannot um, think of the melody in my head because it's kind of a nothing song. I didn't like it. I Um, dig Al getting more airtime, but it's just fine. I'm all about Al. It's filler. And it's only two minutes, so. Yeah, I don't know. I just didn't dig it. Uh, There was nothing like to grasp onto and no. there's no redeeming qualities about it I but think. i also didn't ever notice it being that bad <laughs> it's not the worst so as compared to heard. student demonstration time oh better than student demonstration time all right not as good as any you know are you ready to get to the brian trilogy here yes a day in the life of a tree this is jack riley singing by the way because no one else wanted to sing this song so he said well i'll fucking do it why did nobody else want to sing it they thought it was too sad Idiots. Which I actually really like the lyrics on it. Oh, we'll restart it. I really like the lyrics on this song, actually. I kind of like his and voice it, on it, too. Oh, see, I think his voice is pretty annoying, and it makes me really mad, Brian or Van Dyke. Oh, so I should say, actually, before we listen to this, Van Dyke, Van Dyke Parks, Parks wrote this little trilogy with Brian. Oh. Because Surf's Up, yeah. obviously, he wrote the lyrics for, and then he was signed to Reprise at this time and kind of became friends with them again. Yeah. And so he came to help Brian write some lyrics for Day in the Life of a Tree, Till I Die, and then Surf's Up, and sang a little bit on Day in the Life of a Tree, uh, and was around for production stuff, so. Yeah. 
I don't think he's a good singer, but I think it fits with the production of this song. Yeah. We talk about production a lot. What mm. are we, assholes? For years my limbs stretched to the sky What was that song with the megaphone vocals? Student demonstration time. That's right. Sorry, I tried to change your vocals to a megaphone effect, <laughs> and it didn't work. <laughs> Thanks for not. Yeah, yeah I think this song's pretty good. I Actually, think it's. A, I like this song it's a, a lot. Beautiful, like the music in it is beautiful. Yeah. And like the fact that they're using more synth and stuff with it, like. And I like this Sounds part with all the little with the, with the ambient noises. Yeah. So at this point, would you say that using ambient noise like that in the background of tracks is a is a Beach Boys trademark of production? They have done it on every album since Pit Sounds. This Used, is, so, every single album has had a moment where they've had weird ambient noise in the background. Yeah. And they're the only group, at least of this era, that I associate that with. Beatles, at least in terms of constant, though. Constant? Okay. Every single album, they have at least one track where they do it, if not multiples. Trademark is not a term that I think I can accept because a lot of the hits, if you listen to a best of, almost none of the songs with ambient noise in the background are going to be on it. Well, no. I think it is It is very of the time for the Beach Boys. But I, I again, do not but think post it's a my, or post pet sounds, I mean, it is I think a hallmark of their production style. I, th- I th- in this era, I would agree with a hallmark because they use it a lot. I don't think constantly to some degree. I don't think trademark is fair. I okay. think hallmark of okay. their recording yeah. style is fair. But like one that we're like Brian started and like just Carl and everyone kept doing. But I well, love it. I think it's awesome. Good. I really love it. All of the songs with from that, like some I laughter think in the background yeah. to the like on "Take a Load Off Your Feet." They have like guys yelling in the background and like they have weird noises of walking and stuff. And like, yeah, I think all of it's pretty. I great. mean, and that all started with County Fair. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, you're not wrong. I don't know. I like. I would be ready if I were writing some cool essay on the Beach Boys to like uh, attribute them with making that a thing sorry what's a cool essay as opposed to essay <laughs> just if i write it it's a pretty cool essay okay yeah so that's van dyke by the way yeah that's van dyke in the background there and then brian's doing the bada badas cool all right and then that Next segues song. straight into till i die all three of these are a song suite i guess you'd call yeah. it yeah um supposedly very influenced by abbey road Brian wrote these to run together. I could get, yeah, I could. Uh, so this is a song by Brian. Of the three of these, probably my least favorite. Yeah, but it's kind of fine as like a connector between these two. I'd agree. Better songs, but I like this one. The melody's not quite as catchy, but I do like the lyrics a lot. I just thought it was fine. I wasn't blown away and by it. And then Carl and Mike are on here too. The hey, hey, hey thing is very modern sounding for 1971 to me. This whole song actually kind of sounds like it could have been like a 2005 Flaming Lips song to me. Yeah, I could, I could kind of hear what you're saying. I don't know. 
maybe that speaks more to modern bands cribbing old sounds than anything else. But I think soundscapes just came back at a certain point. Yeah, because like this was before they were called soundscapes. Like that part with Carl and then Mike, I think did it last time. Are it just sounds very I don't know yeah. new indie rock to me. Basically, I get that. Yeah, and then it's more. And I like like the electronic drums are really cool on this song too. I think they might be live drums actually just put through effects but yeah, regardless that sounds it kind of electronic. I think I don't know there's just no change in this song it's a very constant like soundscape pretty much. It's yeah. it, there's no highs or lows to it. So it's just like kind of it's I don't remember droning. this song a lot yeah. but I basically have been listening to this record thinking of this as the same song as Day in the Life of a Tree honestly. I just like when I listen to this whole record, I don't notice it's a new song. I just think, oh, this is just the end of that like five minute long song. Or the second part of it. What's their manager's name? Jack Riley. What if he had become a famous rapper like Easy <laughs> E did? When, yeah. When like uh, Ice Cube wrote him this? lyrics and he was just like, fuck it, I'll do it. <laughs> and then rapped him. And yeah. then it was like, oh, Easy E is a rapper now. Because yeah. that was on the song like. Going down the street in my six fold, yeah, which is a very famous song mm-hmm. uh, by Easy E. What if Jack Riley at this point was like, "Cool, he's a classic rock dude." <laughs> Maybe. All right. All Final right, song. We're almost here to the big Kahuna. Best song on this album. Well, yeah, it's like top titular, five Beach Boys songs of all time. Oh yeah, probably. titular song. That trumpet. Yeah. Carl yeah. vocal, by the way. He's giving all the good ones to Carl, man. Well, we'll get to most it. of the good ones to Carl. No, just he didn't want to record it. Carl didn't. Brian did. Oh. So much for that being involved thing. That is my favorite. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so when Jack Riley first like was trying to persuade Brian to put this song on a record and release it, Brian really didn't want to, but said like after the fact that Riley kind of forced him to do it. Yeah. But I kind of feel like this is a little bit of posturing by Brian. Like he didn't have to do shit. Right. You know, and like who yeah. was Jack Riley to like force him to put this song on there? So, I think he did want it out, but he was kind of just playing you know hard to get about it yeah but he definitely like he really didn't want to have anything to do with the re-recording to me brian like at this they point used... seems like uh you know those girls in high school who you know are very talented and <laughs> okay. uh, like you know they like play guitar really well and they sing really well sure and then you're like oh you this should, is you should... I, th- I believe brian's vocal take by the way which i was about to say oh. so he turn, didn't turn up and don't talk over it I believe this is Brian. However long this part is, is Pet Sounds level good. The whole song is. Well, I I would agree with that, yeah. But this part is especially good. The speeding up there for a second. Yeah. So, like, yeah. So, Brian didn't want to help record it, 
So yeah. Carl did the vocals, and I think they kept the instrumental track from the Smile era. But yeah. then Brian came in like on the second to last day of recording and was like, "Okay, fine, I'll help." Yeah. Like See, no one asked Brian, but so you're that's here what now. That's what I'm talking. He he's yeah. like, like a girl you knew in high school who was like not that shy, but like you knew she played music, and you're like, yeah. "Oh yeah, like do, you know." Get, get, sign up for the talent show. She's like, oh my god, I'm so bad. I'm not going to sign yeah. up for the talent yes. show. That's exactly Brian at this era. <sighs> right? <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. just like kills it and you're like, yeah. god damn and it. And then she fucking Fuck wins yeah. and you're like, Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Okay. This part. That's so good. It's strong. That run is so good. Yeah. Can you play the clip of uh, him yeah. singing it on that show? Because that's amazing. Yeah, that section gives me goosebumps literally every single time I hear it, which I, as we've talked about on previous episodes, I've listened to Smile Sessions a lot in yeah. the last few weeks when we've been listening to the latter era Beach Boys. Right. And I've not and listened to them Every at all. time I re listen to Smile Sessions, that section of Surf's Up, like, no matter where I am or what I'm doing, kind of makes me just break down a little bit because it's so goddamn perfect. Smile Sessions is probably going to be one of our last episodes because that came out a few years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. It would be probably. Yeah. Okay, so it's two minutes here. Brian's voice is... Not actually very good at this point, but that's okay. I like it though. Candelabra. There's an mm -hmm. owl too. Oh, I didn't see the owl. There's gonna be an owl. This hair is so bad. It is pretty bad. No wonder he wore that fireman's hat for so yeah, much of this album sense. recording. <laughs> Zed and Coke. The glass was raised to fire, rose the fullness of the wine, the dim last toast. He even like speeds it up there, like even in this yeah. early version. And this is when he was bonkers. Mm -hmm. Not full bonkers as he'll get later, but like <laughs> Cocaine bonkers. Close to bonkers. Yeah. Not even not even cocaine bonkers at this point. No, LSD bonkers. LSD bonkers. Uh, who is that guy? Um, he... Wait, wait, wait. It's coming to the... There's the owl. The owl. It's there on the piano. This is so good. This is... For all the listeners, we should have set the stage. This is just Brian at a grand piano with a candelabra on it for yeah. some reason being filmed for this TV special. A children's and I think that's just at his home studio in Bel Air. It is crazy to see, I don't know, just like... Because a lot of the time when you see genius musicians and recordings, you see them through a lot of filters, be it on an album or with yeah. a lot of like a band playing. But just seeing 
Brian at maybe the peak of his genius. Yeah. There's at a, a grand piano um, playing a phenomenal song is like crazy. There's a outtake from the Wild Honey sessions where he is playing that song alone at a piano too that yeah. are, is a lot of people's favorite version of Surf's Up. I personally yeah. think it's better with all the other stuff added, but I kind of um, I like that song with a just lot of piano. people. Yeah. yeah, so I'll try and find that for us here. But we can. I mean, we can listen to um, it a different time too. But yeah, so that's Surf's Up the record and the song. But yeah. um, no Dennis songs on this, uh, which is kind of interesting oh, to know. This was the height of Denny's writing. He, yeah, yeah, he wrote some around this time that would be released later, and um, and also would be released as some of his solo material. <laughs> Do you think at this point Carl started bullying him? No. So Jack Riley <laughs> didn't, didn't like let any. He just didn't let any of Denny's songs go on the final version. Yeah. Because he didn't want it to be an all Wilson Brothers album, is what he said. Because there's oh. a lot of Carl yeah, like and, and more Luke. Brian than there have been. Yeah. And so yeah, I don't know. That's a little sounds a little bit suspect. Like maybe he didn't like Denny. I or don't maybe think he, he didn't liked think Denny's the songs writing. were that good. I don't know. I think that is a very polite way of saying he but didn't like Denny's writing, which I get. It's possible. Yeah. yeah. Probably, he probably didn't like that he was hanging around with Charlie Manson. Probably not. Yeah. So yeah, that surfs up. Yeah. Any final overarching thoughts, PJ? I really liked wild honey. Yeah, I think I might have given that a nine. I believe we both gave it a nine. And this is the closest they've sound sounded to Wild Honey since Wild Honey. Um, yeah, I mean, I know for a fact they will never get back up to Pet Sounds level of great. Um, there were a few songs that were flops for me. Yeah, but I do think that there are some songs that are as genius as Pet Sounds, and then the rest of the ones that are just middle of the road are as good as Wild Honey. Yeah. Um. And I think I appreciate that. I think like the last album was just like the last few albums have just been very blah for me, but this one stood out. This one is definitely their, their best since wild. Hunting. This is the I, widest I, fucking podcast in the world. Your <laughs> yeah, roommate is right. Boys. It's a podcast, which is already a white thing. <laughs> it's about the beach boys, a white thing. And it's just two white dudes in yeah. from Anaheim mm-hmm. talking about the beach boys. Yeah. We, we have to get them on the podcast, please. <laughs> I'm begging you. For diversity's sake. Yeah. All right. Not even for diversity's sake. I, <laughs> I just would love to have him on the out. Al- all right, the, all right. I've never met him. Yeah, true. Yeah. All right. Um. Yeah, I agree. This, yeah. Uh, literally, except for student demonstration time, if that was swapped <laughs> out with basically any other song, just no this song. might be a, like, 10 out of 10 album to me. I really think it's incredible. Yeah. I, I easily give it a nine without question. I'm not going to go that high. Yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> A lot of it is student demonstration, and there were, like, two songs that were just very, eh, I guess the second Al one, the welfare song, was kind of dumb. But. Yeah. If I could give it a 7.5, I would. But you we can't. don't do halves. No. I know we don't. I'm going to give no it... No half measures. I'm going to give it a give it an eight. 7. Okay. I'm going to give it a 7. Are you fucking kidding me? Here's the thing. I'm only giving it a Defend 7. Defend that position. I'm only giving it a 7 because on, you know, one of the later episodes when we reevaluate... I know I can kick it up to an eight. Well, sure, but... So I'm just playing it safe at this point because what if I like the next album a lot? I don't think you're going to like their next album. I've not listened to it yet. True. So, all right, that's sad that you only think this is as good as all the other albums from the late 60s, but that's okay. I do do think it's a step above. That's why I would have kind of... 
I don't actually. You're not wrong. This is definitely the highest thing except Wild Honey that you've ranked. Yeah. I thought you would rank them higher. But no, 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 no problem. Th- yeah, for me, this is a seven. Um, yeah, that's you cool. have. I think, as we know already, uh, a bigger appreciation of the Beach Boys than I ever. Have. Or just yeah, yeah. But this is definitely a like yeah. This is one of like six Beach Boys like full albums that I would mm-hmm. say you have to listen to that whole album. Yeah. If you like the Beach Boys. Yeah. Okay. Like today pet sounds wild honey this and then i don't know what the other one or two would be that i would say like you have to i would agree to these with today LP, pet these sounds. full albums throw party in there man party or summer days maybe yeah take half of each yeah actually yeah. <laughs> all, right. all right let's go out on that uh solo piano version of surf's up i think we go out on that solo version of you singing that song <laughs> nope <laughs> i don't have another parody song or just me singing that parody Oh yeah, not knowing the you lyrics. Wanna, you want to come up with a new parody song at the spot, on the spot? Oh, oh, oh! It's the Beach Boys, boys, and we're nope. here. Oh, okay. See you next week. <laughs> the One, two, three, four. The diamond necklace play the pawn, hand in hand, some drummed along. Oh, to a handsome man at the time. Oh, I'm sorry. You don't have to get that close. One, two, three, four. The diamond, <clears throat> three, four. The diamond necklace play the palm. Hand in hand. Okay, I'll have to pick it up from right there, Jim. We'll make a splice. Here we go. I gotta get the lyrics first. Wait a minute. No, wait, no, I have to.